In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hello once again on today's Get Ready for the Future show. Are you sitting on the sidelines when it comes to investing? Well, we're at dismantling the reasons not to invest today, plus a market update from LPL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Armed once again with straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money, we welcome you to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman. John Shrewsbury and Tim Key with us on the Oval table today. Not the Oval Office, but the uh, Oval oh, table. Thank God <laughs> it's not the Oval Office. It's a little I, I more ellipse, actually, yeah, than, than Oval. But uh, I will take that. That's yes. for sure. Well, good morning to both of you. Good morning. You good locked morning. and loaded, ready to go today? Ready to go. Yeah. You know, We're talking about all the reasons not to invest, but we're going to actually start off the show today, Scott, with a really good reason to invest. Right. And that is maybe some negative news, but uh, your response should be to put more money in your retirement account mm. because uh, I think most of us heard the news uh, yet that came out uh, on Tuesday that the Social Security Administration has now moved their broke date, as I call it, the date where they will not be able to pay full payments from 2034 to 2033. So by the end of the year 2033, that will be the last year they can make full payment to Social Security recipients if something is not changed by the Social Security system. Uh, and the story goes on to talk about the fact that they would be able to pay 78% of the existing benefits for retirees if nothing changes in the Social Security system. But as we are fond of saying here at GenWealth, politicians like to get reelected, and I doubt any politician gets reelected with the moniker hung on them that they were responsible for the demise of Social Security. Right. So I, I think that this is something worth thinking about and talking about. I do think that Congress will act at some particular point in time, but because it is a big headline, we wanted to bring it up today. And it is a really good reason that if you want to play things very conservatively, if you want to just go, okay, I want to play the worst case scenario, then calculate 78% of your Social Security benefit in your retirement income plan. Yeah, it's it's kick the can with the politicians, for sure. We, we do believe that they'll do something primarily because they want to get reelected. But yeah. if, I mean, it does show the vulnerability of the Social Security program. We do know that it has to continue by law, right? So I think a lot of people do come into uh, our office is worried that it's just going to go away, right? And, and that's not going to happen. And, nope. and, and in all likelihood, by the time we arrive at those dates uh, in the future, something will get done to fix it. But I think you couple that real quick before we move on with what we talked about last week regarding Social Security and the idea of in October they're likely going to enact a cost of living adjustment for current recipients of a whopping 6.8%, which sounds great. And it is, absolutely. I know for those people that are receiving those checks, it's going to be great. But we provided a little perspective on that in the sense that, uh, according to a, a study that we read, that uh, over the last 21 years, Social Security checks have increased about 55%, but actual senior expenses have increased over 100%. So Social Security is not going to keep up with inflation, even if it is 100% of your estimated benefit. So That'll, that's an interesting jumping off point with a little bad news to start. <laughs> well, but the reality know. is, is you do have to take. We talk about it all the time. You've got to take retirement upon yourself. It's up to you. You do. And and Tim, I think that uh, the, the saving grace in this is there's lots of levers for Congress to pull in the Social Security system to right the ship for at least a period of time. Yeah, there's definitely some things that have already been discussed, but will they be implemented anytime soon? We don't know. We could definitely raise the amount that is being taxed on current workers that put more money into the system, could raise the retirement age. There's lots of different things that they could do. It's probably going to be a combination that ultimately of things that actually makes it work. I just can't see a lot of people, and there are a lot of people out there that the only income source they have in retirement is Social Security and a 22% pay cut would be very difficult on many of them. So the moral of the story, guys, is that, number one, you need a retirement income plan uh, now more than ever. 
And you don't need to listen to all of the negativity about investing and say, I'm not going to invest because I'm scared, because the alternative is being caught in a situation where you don't have enough money to fund your retirement. And we do have a problem with Social Security in the future. Now, we work with people all the time who, when we're building a retirement income plan, they have assets to build that retirement income plan. So I think in many ways, it's really easy for us guys to just assume everybody does invest, right? But if you look at these numbers... Uh, Listen to this uh, Ally Invest survey. About 61% of adults, and I'm assuming this is in America, I don't think it would be worldwide, 61% of adults say they find investing in the stock market scary or intimidating. Now, that doesn't mean they don't do it, I guess, but it, it does mean they are very timid about dipping their toes into the market, and it's getting worse with younger generations, and I find this very interesting. Millennials feel significantly more intimidated than baby boomers or Gen X uh, investors. And, and that, I, I guess, is because they've seen a, a rocky ride and they maybe are buying into the bad news that's always out there. Well, I think that that's the case. But it also really does uh, uncover the fact that we've done a very poor job of educating people about investing. Yeah. Because a rocky stock market is a great time for young people to invest because you actually get to dollar cost average. And when the market goes down, you get to buy more shares. And when the market goes up, you get to buy fewer shares. And so, it is a great opportunity for an accumulation plan, especially for young people. But it's that uh, almost microwave mentality of, of instant gratification. I want to see my, my account always go up. I don't want to ever want to see it go down. But what you don't stop to think about is that you're buying at cheaper prices when it does go down. So at least historically, dollar cost averaging has worked out great for people in a volatile market. Now, it is not going to prevent a loss or guarantee a gain or anything of that nature. And you got to stay with it to make sure that that you stay with that program for it to actually work. But that really disturbs me from the standpoint yeah. that young people are not taking advantage of a real opportunity. Well, and I think uh, here's another reason that I think is the way they take in their information now, right? And we really are all susceptible to this. We're, 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 we speak in sound bites and tweets yep. and Facebook posts, and we don't get the full story nobody gets any perspective and when you figure in that you read the headlines and you're going to gear your investment strategy or your thought about getting into the market based on what you're reading in the headlines it would scare anybody it would keep anybody out of the market Um, a study by i can't pronounce this right quora maybe q u o r a never heard of them but okay they found that nearly 90 percent of all media news is negative now that probably doesn't shock anybody in this room uh it doesn't shock me i was in the media for a very long time but here's the truth it is a headline having been having been in the media i can tell you this it's a headline when the market's down it's a headline when the market crashes you rarely see anything mentioned in the media when it hits an all-time high would it surprise our listeners to know that the market has hit 53 all-time highs in 2021. You didn't hear about that. No, it's a pretty crazy thing. Just with all the negativity that has been out there, I mean, there's still a lot of things that, you know, like you said, negativity leads the headlines. And I think with young people, I mean, they're living for today in a lot of cases. I don't think they're educated to save as much as maybe someone that's, you know, a little bit older. And I think they'll probably hit that mark. But getting started early is really what they need to be doing, even though they're postponing that. But the world we live in, the negativity that's out there, it is very difficult to have a real positive outlook on where we're going. Yeah, I, and to that point, Tim, you know, you can have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, look, the, the market's doing great. It's hit 53 all-time highs. Yeah, that just tells me it's just going to go down sometime. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it, you can't beat a fatalistic mentality. Yeah. You just can't. And so you've got to change your attitude about things like that if you're going to change what's going on as far as your financial future is concerned. You will not get to financial independence being negative about investing. You just won't. You've got to have reasons to put money in the market and and take advantage but learn about the the mechanics of the market and learn to take advantage of the things that the market does give you one of the things that we pride ourselves on in on the get ready for the future show is the straight talk about retirement investments and your money and and here's the the truth historically speaking and i, I want to see if you guys are uh, agree with what i'm about to say i think you do long-term investing Okay, and we're not talking about short term, trying to time the market, but long term investing in the market 
has made more people wealthy than just about anything else in human history. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. And it's not finding the hot stock. Right. It, now, you those things get the headlines. But what doesn't get the headline is the, the slow and steady, methodical investor that builds up a tremendous amount of wealth. We've got a lot of clients that have done this in 401k yep. plans and things of that nature. They've been very active at building up their wealth and being able to reach financial independence through a very methodical process. It doesn't take luck. It doesn't take some, you know, outstanding stock pick or anything of that nature. Tim, it really does just take a plan and the discipline to execute on that plan. I believe everyone wants the microwave mentality. It's going to happen really quick, but it's really a crockpot. And being disciplined, being able to invest consistently, being able to make sure your money is invested where it needs to be, and just continuing that process. We've seen people come in here that are in retirement or going into retirement that really never had a large salary, but they were very consistent over many, many years, and they're going to have a very nice retirement because of the, the contributions they continue to make. Scott, we, you know, we people like to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about the economy with Ryan Dietrich in just a little bit, but here at Gen Wealth, we focus on this a lot, but we're going to focus on it even more in the future because we think it is so vital. We're going to focus on your economy and what's going on with you and your plan. The market might have been down 10% you know, in, in a given time period, but is your plan still on track? And if it is, then that 10% downturn in the market may be irrelevant to your plan if you are on track for the financial independence goals that we've we've set for you and that we've set together. And that really is where the rubber meets the road. It's really not about whether or not your assets are, are, are accumulating at some benchmark or anything of that nature. Your wealth in retirement, your well-being in retirement is tied not to assets, but to the income stream that you get on a monthly basis. And that will be the focus that we have on a, on a continuing basis with our clients. One note about what Tim said earlier, how many people have we sat with that maybe didn't earn more than forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year through most of their careers, and they come in with a million dollars in liquid net worth, right? Because they have slow and steadily continued to make sacrifices uh, and make a disciplined effort to continue to contribute and invest over a long period of time. And then I think the other point here is, before we run out of time too, is how beneficial can it be to have a plan that is outcome-based so that you know the asset level you're trying to achieve, you know the income that you're going to need and want in retirement, and then the market goes down. But you're having annual reviews with the financial advisor, and you remember now that, oh, well, two years ago, the market was way up. Okay, now the market's down. So you can start to have better perspective than those headlines. Yeah, you've got it's all about perspective, and it's all about you and your situation. It's really not about the headlines. It's really not about what happened in you know Afghanistan last week or what's going to happen on Wall Street next week or anything of that nature. It really is about your economy, and I think that's where the focus has to be for you to be on track for financial independence. I think that's what's really great about what we do when we sit down with our clients. We're really listening to them, trying to find out what do you really want in retirement? And then we look at what you've got and where we need to get to and those types of things. And that plan is built uniquely for them. It's not a cookie cutter plan. It's built for them and what they need in retirement and want to do in retirement. The, the success of, of any retirement income plan is really all about Do I have the money that I need in retirement? And do I have the money that I want in retirement? Now, the wants are, are, you know, obviously that's a big scale of, of people's wants, right. but but definitely the needs have to be met. And then we're going to meet all of the wants that you have the resources for. And and really and truly, a lot of people are are really kind of, you know, bickering about the, the degree of wants. They've got their needs taken care of with the assets that they have, but it's the income that provides that regular predictable income that they need to survive. We mentioned uh, earlier in this segment that education is the antidote to fear. We are all about education on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we have another uh, offering for you to get some rational, logical perspective on the markets every week. We used to have a segment called the Fastest Four on the radio show. Uh, We no longer do that, but now we have an opportunity for you to have it delivered directly to your inbox it is one of the best edu- educational pieces that we offer. No fear-mongering ever, just straight talk. It's easy to be a part of it. Just text the word FAST to 501-381-5228. 
We're back with Ryan Dietrich right after this. We are dismantling reasons not to invest. They are always out there, right? Excuses, fear, reasons not to invest. That's the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. So it is greatly appropriate, I think, that we bring in LPL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich, uh, as he always does once a month, joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show to talk about the markets, where we are, and maybe even dismantle a few reasons not to invest along the way. Ryan, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, guys. Isn't it amazing? That's a fast month. Feels like I just did this with you guys. <laughs> yes, Time yes. is flying along with the bull market. <laughs> Absolutely. We are getting you on, on on day one of the new month, September 1st. Yeah. So it's interesting, too, because I, I always I love looking at LPL Research's charts. I think you guys do a great job of, of building some really insightful charts. But man, you've been on a tear lately. I mean, they, the charts that are out there are really cool to look at. And when you think about a reason not to invest, you just put out that uh, August was up for the seventh, uh, seventh consecutive month of gains, right? August finished up 2.9%. And we had 53 all-time highs in 2021. That's the most through August ever. That's That that can probably put a little fear into, into people when they start thinking about how high the market is, huh? Uh, you're right, Scott. You know, it, those charts are so popular. CNBC wants me on tomorrow at 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, oh my goodness, 5 a.m. That's 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 awfully early, but I guess I'll do it. But yeah, I mean, this year's unbelievable, right? We've up 20% for the year on the S&P at the end of August. You got to go back to 1997, the last time we saw a year up at least 20%. And like I like to do, remember what Mark Twain told us, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Previous years, when you're up at least 20% through August, the final four months, take a wild guess, actually do really well. All right, you've got 97 in there, you've got 95. I mean, there are some really good years. I saw double-digit returns, incredibly, the last four months of the year. So we're not saying we're going to see double-digit returns from here, but we are saying is a strong start to a year. Historically, at least going back to World War II, has been higher six out of seven times the final four months. Only 87, but I know 87, you hear that, and we all get scared. You mentioned the word scared. 87 was up 36% for the year at the end of August. We're up, I'm going to say, only 20%. So that rubber band was really stretched. So it's um, a little scary how high we are, but we think there could be a little more height to come. Speaking of scary things, let's talk a little bit about inflation. There continues to be a lot of concern in the public about what's going on with inflation. Now, the Fed says they believe this recent spike in inflation is transitory. I think that's the term that they use. Mm -hmm. Basically here today, gone tomorrow. Are you seeing anything contrary to that? Or do you feel also that we're in a, a transitory period of higher prices? Yeah, John, I mean, that's the ultimate question. We are in the transitory camp, though, I guess you could say similar to the Fed. You know, year over year, terrible recession a year ago. So, of course, things are higher, but there's no doubt about it. Go buy milk, right? Like five bucks for a gallon of milk. Go get oil or gas in your car. I mean, it's three, four dollars a gallon. So we are seeing higher prices. And then we've heard all about the supply chain issues and the higher prices that producers have to pay. But again, we think as the economy continues to expand and move forward, we're going to kind of work out those kinks. And, and let's not forget kind of what's the market telling us? Right, you guys seen gold lately? Right, gold is like eighteen hundred bucks an ounce. If, if we truly had big inflation worries, we think gold would be a lot higher. I know we're talking about. I think we're going to talk about yields in a little bit, but the bond market isn't worried about inflation almost at all. With the ten-year yield flirting with one thirty as we speak, so there are signals to us that the market's not as worried quite as much, maybe as the average person who watches the media. And the media's job is sometimes to get eyeballs. Inflation's higher, but we do think it's going to come back down as this economy continues to grow. Hey, Ryan, uh, what are your thoughts from the outcome of the Fed's economic symposium that was held at Jackson Hole, Wyoming last week? Anything that you glean from that? Yeah, well, there was no major change. I mean, let's remember, guys, so the annual symposium in Jackson Hole um, put on by the Kansas City Fed. I've heard they know how to make some barbecue. I know down by you guys, though, there's good barbecue, yeah. too. Um, but but still, you know, there's been some big policy changes announced at this meeting. We don't we didn't see that this time. But the truth, again, Jerome Powell said this. Honestly, guys, the same thing he's been saying. The Fed is going to keep rates low for a while. The big takeaway was he said, listen, tapering, which is the you know the Fed buys $120 billion worth of bonds a month. They're going to start to taper that probably before the end of this year. All right. Most people didn't expect that. That's not a curveball. What surprised the markets a little bit, most of us thought one year after tapering starts is when the first rate hike would be. Jerome Powell put cold water on that. And it could be as much as two years after tapering. Do not forget 2013. Tapering started late 2013. It took two full years 
dollars for the first rate hike to happen. So we think of that one. The market likes low rates, and we've seen the reaction since then. Uh, had a big rally. So um, all in all, you know, the Fed, hey, lower rates are here to stay, and the Fed is still a tailwind as long as COVID and, and it's still an early economic cycle. We're still there, so we're not betting against them yet. Yeah, and that's where we're going next. We're going to go to COVID. As we talked today on the Get Ready for the Future show with LPL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich, let's talk about the Delta variant and, and the similarities or contrast between what happened in 2020 with the economic shutdown with what could potentially come from this. It's certainly raging. It's raging here in Arkansas. Uh, ICU beds for COVID patients running at capacity last week. What are the chances in your mind that this new strain of the virus will put a dent in an otherwise raging strong economy? Yeah, dent is probably the way to put it, Scott. We think it could put a dent. I mean, look at the consumer confidence numbers. We just saw Michigan consumer confidence had a big drop. The actual big consumer confidence that the government puts out had its like fifth largest drop ever. So, you know, I mean, I, I get the, the joy and the, the and, um, you know, like I get to travel a little bit and go to events. Events are getting canceled. Things are getting canceled. So it makes sense that things are going to have a little bit of a dent. Are we going to a full shutdown? We don't believe so. Um, you know, it's terrible what's happening with the Delta variant, how, um, how it's impacting so many people. So a little slowdown in the third quarter makes sense, but we still think we could see maybe 5% GDP growth. If I talked to you guys two months ago, we might have said 7% GDP growth. In all likelihood, if we can get through the Delta variant and the other side of it, like we think we can, we think we're close to a peak here. Whatever productivity and, and spending people didn't do in the third quarter, likely will just make up for it in the fourth quarter. And again, what's the stock market saying? Flirting with all-time highs. Stock market's saying that too. Little dent in the economy in the third quarter, but likely acceleration in the fourth quarter is how we see it right now, at least. Ryan, last week, the House of Representatives solidified the pathway for a $3.5 trillion budget and then another trillion dollars on top of that for infrastructure spending. I know that government spending does have uh, some you know, trickle effect on the economy or a, a waterfall effect, if you will, but this level of debt has a lot of people concerned. How about LPL research? What are you thinking these days when you see this kind of rampant spending in Washington? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, what does it mean, right, John? It probably means higher taxes too, right? You got to pay for it somehow. So you got the higher spending, uh, the more debt, and potentially higher coming taxes, likely on corporations and then you know the top one percent of, of earners in the U.S. So our base case is this: nobody likes to have a lot of debt, right? I mean, we think the U.S. U.S. has leveraged itself to the hilt when it comes to debt. But look at corporations, right? Corporations are in some of the best shape they've been. Look at the consumers. The consumers actually have some of the least amount of debt as a percent of how much they're worth that they've ever had. Had. A lot of that might be because the government gave people money over the past year. But at the same time, John, corporations and individuals are really in good shape. This is the first recession we've ever seen where FICO scores actually went up, right? That's kind of, that wow. doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, the government gave people money. But still, we're optimistic that you know, what still drives this economic cycle of growth are the individuals, the consumers, everyone listening on the on the, listening on the radio here, um, and, and corporations, and they're still in good shape. So I'm not ignoring it. We're not ignoring it. The truth, the sad truth. Truth. Our country's had a lot of debt for a long time. I've seen like Newsweek had articles of the Statue of Liberty crying, talking about all the debt and the coming d- depression. That was in the early 70s. Okay, that's, that was like what, 50, 50 years ago. I mean, so I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying debt is kind of how our country <laughs> has gone for a long time. But consumers and companies are in a lot better shape. Well, Ryan, talking about debt, one of the areas that we don't talk about a lot is municipal bonds. And that's debt issued by um, cities and local municipalities and things like that. And with the prospect of federal interest tra- or taxes being higher, uh, there's a lot of money going into that right now. And it maybe have elevated those prices. Do you see a bubble in that area or what do you see in municipal bonds? Yeah, well, good news is we don't see a bubble, you know, and it makes sense again with higher taxes coming. You can get some tax free instruments there. So our take is this stocks are pretty expensive. Bonds are really expensive. So I've gone with you guys all year saying we like stocks over bonds. Stocks are up 20%. Most bonds are relatively flat. So that's been a good call. But if you decipher inside fixed income, I'll tell you, you know, the, the munis are one area we think absolutely is not as overvalued as some of the other areas. We don't think it's a bond bubble. Um, and in the right portfolios, that is clearly a place someone should go. And bonds, we'd say avoid treasuries, right? Avoid long-term instruments, which if rates go higher, like we do think they're going to do eventually, those are the areas that will be hit more treasuries. So munis are one area we think um, 
in the right portfolio makes a lot of sense. Well, let's dive in here with a couple of minutes we have left to talk about those bond yields. You mentioned that you think that uh, treasuries will be seeing higher yields. They peaked uh, around 1.7, I think, which hadn't been done mm-hmm. since before the pandemic. And now they're back, uh, the 10-year anyway, is back around 1.3 or under. Does that signal any concern uh, when you look at the overall economy within the bond market? Yeah, Scott, we don't think so. I mean, you know, you mentioned the uh, yields and, you know, historically, historic, look at what industrial metals are doing. Things like nickel, zinc, copper, aluminum. Aluminum is breaking out to like 10-year highs as we speak. Those industrial metals tend to lead the uh, yields. And it's as simple as if there's global demand, your industrial metals probably do better. If there's global demand, you tend to have a stronger 10-year yield. So it's been surprising, the weakness in the 10-year yield. We do think we had a pretty significant bottom. It went down to 112, retested at 112 on the 10 year yield and started to go higher. So our base case, again, is before this year is said and done, we see the 10-year up probably well over 150, maybe even up as high as 175, which sounds pretty far away. It can happen over four months, though. Just look at a chart and what would what's the impact of that? Probably continue a little bit pressure on bonds and likely continue to help stocks, specifically financials and cyclical value. Some areas we've continued to like for a while and still like. Ryan, I, I couldn't let this uh, occasion pass uh, without actually bringing it up, and we're going to probably try to have him on the show uh, sometime between mm-hmm. now and March. But uh, Bert White, the leader of the research uh, department at LPL, the chief investment officer, has announced his retirement from LPL and his next step in in his career. Uh, listeners to the show will be very familiar with Bert. He's been on the show several times. He's been on workshops with us, uh, mm-hmm. both live and on Zoom and that type of thing. Uh, just your thoughts on the this extraordinary individual and and his uh, time at LPL. Yeah, I'm mixed, right? I'm, it's very sad. Yeah. We, selfishly, we all love Bert, right? He's one of the best bosses you could have, one of the best communicators you guys have had to speak to your clients. He's hilarious, but also extremely knowledgeable. But at the same time, I'm really happy for him. He's been with LPL for 14 years. Look at the growth, and I know you guys know this, the growth in the 14 years. Bert's directly responsible for why I'm standing right here talking to you. He hired me, right? So, right. so I'm really happy for him because I know after 14 years, I think he was ready for a little break. He was ready to do something different. He's got all these ideas. He said he wants to write a book. Book and just wants to take some spend some time with his kids and and it'll it'll, it'll pop up somewhere else I'm sure so I'm it's mixed but we're really happy for him and he's just he's helped LPL LPL research LPL financial so much in the 14 years that he's been here and honestly like he said he he's not going away anytime soon the funny thing is he gets to buy lunches for everybody for like the next five months I said good I'm looking forward to you buy me a few lunches and let me pick your brain a little bit um so it's sad but again I'm really really happy for him uh, and his family us too well we'll be on the lookout for the Burt White stand-up comedy tour coming soon right exactly (laughs) ryan we are out of time we thank you for being with us as always anytime guys see in october take care bye-bye the get ready for the future show continues right after this we are halfway home on today's get ready for the future show our thanks again to ryan dietrich for joining us as he does each and every month he is the lpl chief market strategist we talked some markets and overall economic uh, news and uh, insight with him in the last segment and that's really our whole show today is talking about investing and really dismantling the reasons not to invest that people so often have it is so often drear, uh, driven by fear and one of the things i don't think john we do enough of is uh, remind people that on our live stream you can give us your thoughts yeah. uh, and your feedback and we got some uh, on today's broadcast absolutely if you're watching us on facebook live you can uh, comment on things that we're talking about and and i love it when uh, one of our clients really does uh you know it's one thing to hear it from us but it's something else to hear it from somebody that's actually done it and and this person uh i'm just gonna call him bruce uh he wrote uh, in regard to what we were talking about earlier in the show. The key to long-term security in your personal retirement plan is steady investing in your plan and increasing your contributions each and every year. I hear people say they can't afford to. My thoughts are you can't afford not to. Your end results will be greater dividends and interest in your retirement years with a good chance of never having to touch your base account and allowing it to grow. Now, don't take that from us. Take that from somebody who's actually done that. He did it through his corporate retirement plan when he was working. He's now retired. He's doing it with his plan here at GenWealth. That's straight from the horse's mouth. I love it when people actually are teaching each other about the key to financial security, and Bruce is is actually living that out. Spot on, Bruce. Thank you for your feedback. And if you have any comments, uh, you can always put them in the comment section of our live stream on the Get Ready for the Future show. We talked about in the first segment the fastest four minutes in finance 
Finance and how to get uh, uh, subscribed to that. We'll tell you again really quickly, the fastest four minutes in finance is a video that is delivered directly to your email inbox. And if you want to sign up and get that, it's absolutely free. And we always keep it under four minutes. It's more like three, three and a half most most weeks. Uh, but it's going to provide insight on in all avenues of finance. For the most part, most of the time, it's going to be market and economy driven. But we get into things like Social Security uh, and other retirement topics. If you want to be a part of that, just text the word FAST to 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. Just text the word FAST. And uh, you'll start getting the fastest four minutes in finance. The reason I bring that up again, guys, is that this week we are talking about, driven by LPL Research and their data, about September as we start a new month and August finishing up 2.9%. And we are now, we've now seen seven straight months of gains in, in the S&P 500. But September is typically the worst month of the year when it comes to any, really any kind of measurement. If you go all the way back to 1950, uh, the last 20 years, the last 10 years, and even in post-election years, it's always been negative. So what does that mean? Well, certainly it doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but we are probably overdue yeah. for some sort of pullback, some sort of correction. There hasn't been as much as a 5% drop in the S&P 500 since last October, and there is an on average a 10% correction every 1.87 years. I don't think people realize that, especially in the, the mild volatility world that we've pretty much lived in at least since the rally last summer um, but there was a little bit of a pullback last september there could be a pullback coming so this is kind of the the jumping off point for me with the discussion about the market being scary and how should people respond so if you're we're talking about reasons not to invest if that's your reason not to invest because the market is scary it's a near all-time highs we know a drop's coming right and maybe it is going to happen and that can keep people from investing. So let's figure out, let's talk a little bit about how you should respond to knowing that. Well, I think that it's just a little counseling session. There's <laughs> risk in everything. That's right. I understand, I, you know, I should have got that psychology degree in, in college as opposed to to finance and, and that type of thing. I, there's risk in everything. Uh, and so there's risk in you sitting in a bank account. It's called inflation. If you don't think that's a problem, go look at what uh, Ryan Dietrich just talked about. Mm-hmm. Milk at $5 a gallon. That's a risk. And and so, Tim, I think that you just got to get over it. And people fear what they don't understand. And I, and I go right back to what I said earlier in the show, that a lot of these reasons not to invest is really a lack of understanding because we haven't done a really good job of educating people. Sometimes you just have to rip the Band-Aid off and get started. And I think that's the case with a lot of folks. That the, And some people don't know how to get started, and we can definitely help them through that process. But there's a lot of people that have retirement accounts at work that aren't participating. And that is really the easiest way to get started. And as Bruce mentioned, get started, and then each and every year, just increase the amount. Sometimes it's just with the raise you're getting, you're able to put a little bit more aside. But if you're faithfully consistent in that, you'll actually start accumulating quite a bit of money in that retirement account. And over time, you won't have to rely on Social Security, which we let off the show with. You know, we might have a 22 percent pay cut in about 12 years. But the good thing is we do have some time, 12 years to start accumulating some assets that we can help provide some additional income along with Social Security. Let me give you a hack. You know what a hack is, right? It's this shortcut that you you get to what you want and and, and you don't have to go through the whole process and right. everything. So let's think about it this way. Your financial independence, as Bruce has kind of alluded to here, your financial independence is really dependent not on the dollar amount on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis that's that's in your 401k plan. It actually rests in the number of shares that you have in your account. And interestingly enough, that's one thing that that oftentimes companies don't even put the number of shares. They just put the dollar amount on your statement. And I understand if that's all the information you have, then that's all you have to hold on to. But if you take a look at what the share count is, and if that share count is always going up in your 401k, then you're on track for financial independence. You're, you're, you, you may not be totally on track, but you're headed in the right direction. If that share count is always going up and it actually that share count won't ever go down unless you sell something out of that portfolio. So accumulating shares on a regular basis 
is really a fundamental key that will keep your eye off of what that volatile number might be as far as the dollar amount is concerned, but keep you on the progress that you're making. Nobody likes to lose money. I don't like to lose money, right? But I think said another way, just reaffirming what you just said, John, is the account value that you get on your monthly statement is not a real dollar amount if you're not selling any of those shares. A a famous Arkansan, Sam Walton, God rest his soul, said when the market crashed in 1987, I I was beginning to get into the financial services business at that time, and we had Black Monday or whatever it was, Black Friday. I don't even remember what day of the week it was, but I know it was in October. You remember the color, though. Yes, (laughs) it it was in October of 1987. And, you know, Sam Walton had all the Walmart stock in the world, and, and his value went down, you know, some by calculated how much money he lost and they asked him for a comment or a quote on it and he looked at him and he said I didn't lose anything I didn't sell anything yeah I, I still have the same number of shares that I had at the before this all happened it's just temporarily down and if you think about that if the if you go to the logical conclusion of what that person was asking you know, he was inferring, hey, Sam, maybe you ought to sell your Walmart shares and, and get out because, you know, they're they're plummeting. They're they're down. You need to get out and save what you've got. Think about where that family's right. wealth would be today hmm. if that had happened. And so that's that's, you know, the, the heart of the matter when it comes to focusing on the share count as opposed to the dollar amount. And Warren Buffett has always said we need to buy when others are fearful. So mm-hmm. when that market is going down, You've got things on sale, and that's Mm -hmm. actually time to actually accumulate more shares. I've known a lot of people in their company retirement plans, they see that balance start to go down. They put everything over in cash, and they go safe. That's the last time you should ever really do that. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you should actually do that if if you're really approaching retirement and you're close to it, and we want to preserve some of those assets. But when that market is down, that's when we should actually get greedy and start buying more shares and if, if we can. And I had a lot of clients call me last March and April when the market was down 35 40%. Recognizing that. Recognizing that, yeah. hey, I've got some money that's sitting in my savings account. Let's go ahead and get this invested now. Yeah, and that's the other side of this, because I, I think about when people hear me say we're, we're, we may be overdue for a correction. 10% corrections are very common. We haven't had a 5% correction in, in almost a year. They may wait. They may want to wait, and that gets into the timing of the market issue, yeah. right? And if you've got cash in your savings account and, and it happens, then that's a, yeah, that, that's a great time to put some money in. But don't hold it all out. Wait waiting for the market drop, waiting for a better time to invest. Look, you just have to evaluate things and say, is it likely that whatever it is I'm investing in is going to be higher in price and value five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road? It's not about this short-term timing thing because, frankly, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. You know, and and certainly in a time when, you know, the market plummets 40% or something like that, yeah, you can jump in and and get a a nice pop. And a lot of people did that back in 2000 when the market fell down. But uh, I think that's a foolhardy game. You've got to have a more staid, executable plan. Let's call it that. Uh, You've got to have the ability to execute on your plan. And you can't do that trying to time the market. It just doesn't work. We talked about dollar cost averaging already in this show, and that's kind of what we're talking about with the accumulation of shares. When the market does go down and you're buying, you're contributing to whatever investment account you have, you have the opportunity to accumulate more shares. So it does pay, I think, for accumulators to be more aggressive because they have such a time horizon until they're in retirement. But I would also say, too, that with the new money, as we call it, new contributions, even for people who are approaching retirement, you're probably going to, or you are, going to need a, a, a different investment strategy when you get into the retirement red zone when you're 10 or less years away from your retirement date. So the risk does look differently to pre-retirees, but with the new money, the new contributions, John, that are going in, it still can pay to be putting into a more aggressive uh, strategy. Just remember, retirement, your retirement date is not a stop sign. It is really just a change in direction as far as where you're going, but you're still going to need money to grow into your retirement. That's the essence of the income for life model and the ready to retire process is we segment those assets into conservative, moderate, and growth assets. Those growth assets need to basically be the money that you're going to use 15, 20, 25 years down the road. And if you're not focused on that, then you're going to have a problem with inflation. If you just put everything into park 
and and you say, okay, I've arrived at retirement. I need to basically just take care of everything that I've got and hold on to it and get just a maybe a meager rate of return on it, then inflation is going to bite you and you're not going to have the ability for that portfolio to grow and to be able to keep pace with inflation. Your allocation to equities may change in retirement, but you still have to believe in equities in retirement. Absolutely. Hey, if you want to become financially smarter in four minutes or less, we want to remind you again how to sign up for the Fastest Four Minutes in Finance for free. You can go to fastest4.com or a quick and easy way is to text the word FAST to 501-381-5228. Again, that number is 501-381-5228 and just text the word FAST or go to fastest4.com and the four, by the way, is the numeral four, fastest4.com and get the Fastest 4 Minutes in Finance delivered directly to your inbox. We'll continue on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. Education-driven, strategy-based, team delivered. That is the Gen Wealth difference with offices all over the state of Arkansas, Northwest Louisiana, and in Central Tennessee. You can set an appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor by simply emailing info at getreadyforthefuture.com or you can call toll free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. A Gen Wealth advisor is ready to sit down with you, and as always, that first appointment is complimentary. It costs you nothing to spend a couple hours with an advisor. You'll hopefully learn something, which I'm confident you will, uh, and really where we jumped off or, or left off, I guess, in our last segment was talking about, as, we, as the overall theme of the show is about debunking or dismantling reasons not to invest, we hopefully have shown you reasons to invest in this broadcast today, but we also want to spend a little bit of time on talking about how that changes the uh, the investment strategy you have changes as you walk into the retirement red zone. And we describe the or define the retirement red zone as 10 years or less from your expected retirement date. You may not know exactly, but you know when you're getting close. And we work with clients all the time building retirement income plans, which is really a withdrawal strategy. You've spent a lifetime accumulating assets, and now you need a plan on how to distribute them to yourself as income and not run out of money before you run out of time. And John, you alluded to the bucketing strategy a little bit, but you do have to still believe in equities. There's no question about that. But I think we oftentimes, Tim and I have sat uh, in the last year or so with a lot of folks that as that pandemic pullback happened, that pandemic recession happened, they got very fearful because they feel like they are running out of time to make it back up, right? As, as right. you talked about, they see their retirement date as the finish line rather than just the beginning of something new. Yeah, and I think that's where a retirement income plan comes into play. And the strategy that we use at Gen Wealth, just to be totally transparent with you, is that we believe that you need to meet your basic needs in retirement with basic, predictable, dependable income. Now, what does that mean? So let's just say that you absolutely have to have pick a number, $5,000 a month to pay your household expenses, uh, to pay your mortgage, uh, food, clothing, transportation, uh, taxes, insurance, those types of things. So you then have to think about, okay, well, if I'm using pre-tax dollars from my retirement plan, I'm going to have to pay taxes on that. So I'm going to raise that up to about $6,000. So if your need is $6,000, and let's say you got a couple of social security checks that maybe amount to $4,000 a month you're going to basically have a $2,000 a month shortfall or gap between what your needs are and the resources that you have. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to take a portion of the assets and look to uh, create another predictable income stream from some type of guaranteed income annuity product to fill that gap. If you don't have a gap, then there is no need for an annuity product. But there are needs for annuity products when you're trying to meet that need for required income or essential income, if you want to think about it that way. So that gives you, Tim, I think it's called basically a license to spend in retirement Mm. in that you've got the ability to be sure that you know without a doubt that your basic income is, is going to be there until the day you pass away, until the day your wife passes away, your spouse passes away. When you have that certainty in your retirement income plan, then that gives you a license to spend 
And that's where the bucketing strategy comes into play. Yeah, there's lots of times when we're sitting there talking to our clients and proposing and showing them their plan, and you just see that relief. Um, Their shoulders, just that tightness ends up going away when we can show them that, hey, you're guaranteed to receive what you need each month, mailbox money, so to speak, um, to cover your base expenses. And then, yeah, the rest of it is what do you really want to do in retirement? What you know, a lot of people want to travel. A lot of people want to take care of those grandkids and have fun with them. And so we monetize that in a way that how much per month you need um, for that. Um, and then we bucket that money out in conservative, moderate, and then growth-oriented investments. Because we need to make sure that we're withdrawing from the correct bucket. So we're correct, drawing from that conservative bucket first to make sure that if we do have a 2000, 2008 that we're not having to sell something when it's down 20 or 25% or whatever that is. We're going to be in a bucket that's not going to lose value or very little value if that's the case. And Scott, I think you, if you think about that, that initial bucket as being your source, that's where the money is coming from to layer on top of that required income need to give you that desired income. That's the source of that. But we refill that bucket from the profits of the moderate and the growth buckets. And we monitor those portfolios and go, okay, have we had some good growth in this? All right, let's peel off some of that. Go put it in the conservative bucket. And then that allows more time for that moderate and that growth bucket to recover and and to continue to grow. Or it gives you a time cushion if those accounts go down before you have to reach and get more money out of the longer term buckets. And here's the real reason, guys, that you have to believe in equities, even in retirement, is you're going to have to get a raise in that monthly income because you could be in retirement for 20, 25, even 30 years, depending on how long you live. And by the way, we don't know how long that's going to be, right? You may think that you're going to die at 80, but what if you live to 85? You have to have a continuous income stream that grows over time because you would not likely work at the same job for 30 years without ever getting a pay raise. So you have to be able to give yourself a pay raise in retirement. And the only asset classes that have historically outpaced inflation are real estate and equities. So that is the reason for the growth component, the main reason for the growth component. And that way, because a lot of people do think about they come in with, um, I mean, let's say if they have $500,000, they've in their mind thought about how much can I take, if I left it all in cash and it stayed $500,000 over my retirement, how much can I pull out? That's not a very good withdrawal strategy. And I also would submit that the standard financial services withdrawal strategy that's been out there for decades is no longer adequate either. That's the 4% rule, right? If you just pull 4% out of a uh, balanced portfolio of, let's say, 60% equities and 40% fixed income, that the overall return of that portfolio is going to keep up with your 4% withdrawal. But that strategy was put into place when interest rates were much higher, and it can definitely send you sideways in retirement. There's data that shows that, that depending on when you retire, uh, what year and what kind of returns you got, if you did a historical comparison, that you could run out of money or you could have more money than you started with. You just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And let's talk about this inflation thing for just a second. Everybody's all charged up about the fact that we're going to get a 6% increase in Social Security, and that is good. We we are not saying that that's a bad thing. But you got to have some perspective on this. If Social Security makes up a third of your overall retirement income, and Social Security goes up 6%, your overall retirement income has only gone up 2% mm. because of the the effect of, of you not being able to increase your income off of the other two-thirds of the, of the income stream. So you've got to have some strategy to do that. And Tim, historically, equities and real estate have been the thing that allow for those inflation adjustments. Yeah, Scott mentioned those two have outpaced inflation historically. And I know in the reviews and the strategy plans and planning sessions we've been having with our clients over the last couple of months, those that um, have 20, 25, 30% returns in that growth bucket, we've been actually harvesting some of those gains and bringing those down and using that for the next year's income or building that into a more conservative bucket because we don't want to leave everything at risk. And so when we're able to sit down with our, our clients on an annual basis or more often if they'd like to, we're able to strategize a lot better and be able to adjust those buckets as necessary. Scott, I want to mention before we run out of time today that here at Gen Wealth, we have a, a, a huge respect for all levels of wealth. Wherever you're at right now, we've got a program to help you and to get you from where you are right now to where you want to be. 
and let's start at the very beginning, MoneyWorks. MoneyWorks is a financial wellness program that basically teaches you how money works. It does all the fundamental things. So if you're young and starting out, or maybe you've had a financial disaster and you're trying to rebuild or whatever the case may be, MoneyWorks might be for you. And you can call our office at 501-653-7355 or 866-653-PLAN and ask for a MoneyWorks appointment. And we will take care of you there. Money guide is for our accumulator clients. They have, they, they have their act together as far as the financial foundation is concerned, but they're really trying to balance life and money. They've got kids, they've got parents, they've got a house mortgage. You've got all these things going on and you need a written income plan, a, a written plan for your finances. MoneyWorks is the beginning. Money guide is the, the middle part. And very quickly, mm-hmm. the ready to retire process is for those folks that are on the threshold of retirement, making that transition are already in retirement. I guess I'll use that as my final thought. That's your final thought. I'll use that as my final thought is uh that we've got a place for you regardless of where you are right now. And you don't have to be fearful about the market and investing and and your finances. You just need a plan. John likes to run through the tape at the finish line, (laughs) the bell in the background. Tim, it's time for your final thought. Well, I believe that um, your future is worth the investment. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thank you for watching or listening to the show. I mean, that's one way you can gain financial information here. But, you know, if there is a reason that you have in your mind that you you're not investing right now, odds are that there is probably a reason that's going to be make it a better reason for you to be investing. And so um, we'd be happy to sit down with you and kind of guide you through that and and eliminate any other concerns you might have if we didn't hit them today. I forgot a story that I wanted to tell really quick. My, <laughs> my, quick. my first office in, in the financial services industry had a poster in it and said there are always reasons not to invest. And it was a graph of the S&P 500. And every year there was a, a incident that happened throughout history. Mm. There's been a, an incident that happened on the world economy or on the financial stage or whatever the case may be, that there was an excuse not to invest. But that market just kept chugging right on up. And that's the key to financial independence. All right, my final thought, a reminder about the weekly email update, the fastest four minutes in finance. It can be delivered right to your email inbox. You can sign up in one of two ways. You can go to the website, fastest4.com. Remember to spell out or it's fastest, but four is the numeral. So fastest4.com or just text the word fast to 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. That is all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you, as always, for watching. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.